staying focused on this group of players that are still on the team before we look ahead or anything, are, are there any players that might concern, and concern might be a word, but you could potentially see transferring um, and and for Houston losing that way? We know that Reggie Chaney will not return. We know Marcus Sasser's not going to return. We know now that Jarris Walker's not going to return. Jamal Shedd and Tremont Mark, they're kind of in that. They'll They'll – probably go through the draft process and get that feedback, but any other player that um, potentially we might not see again in a Houston uniform. Yeah, who was that? You, you had cut out for a second. No, just in general. Is there any players that you could potentially see, whether it, we know that Marcus Sasso, Cheney, and Jarris are gone. We know that it's likely that Shed and Mark will go through the NBA draft process. Mm-hmm. Any other players that potentially with the transfer portal could transfer out or I mean, of course, the, no speculation here. Just the way that um, the trend is from what we see from college basketball, I'm sure you uh, will agree to this, is Ramon Walker. I mean, typically yeah. in this day and age in college basketball, when players um, see their role diminish and their playing time diminish, normally they look to go elsewhere. And so if he does go elsewhere, I wish him nothing but the best. But in my opinion, I think he could have helped this year's team even more than what Terrence Arsenal. No knock on Terrence. If y'all watch previous shows, y'all will see how how big I am on Terrence Arsenal. But just um, giving my opinion strictly on the floor and what Ramon was able to do last year, and then what I think he could have did this year. He's in a, he can be a really good defender. He's a big body that can finish inside, and he can knock down threes. Um, he isn't a best three-point shooter, but neither is Terrence um, in his freshman year. So I think he could have had a um, made just a, a same clip of shots from the outside. But if he does come back, um, uh, I think he he should be be able to compete for some starting time. I mean, you you look at the guards they're going to lose with Marcus, and um, and so just competing and practice. I, and, and I think it's a great coaching job by Samson to insert Emmanuel into because early in the year he wasn't getting no playing time. And I think it was smart for him to insert Emmanuel in this year's team because they needed someone that could stretch the floor. And so right. Ramon, Ramon, if he does come back and or if he leaves, I, I, I think he, he should. Um, I think he will be able to have a successful college career if he does transfer i would love to see him in the big 12 and go against houston um in any big conference man because i love his size i love his intangibles every time ramon was on the floor you know he was going to take a charge he was in the right place yeah. at the right time <laughs> he's going to rebound and so he has a lot of intangible things that he can bring to the floor and i don't think he was able to put his offensive um Arsenal on display in Houston because, like I said, Coach Sampson really gives you a role. You must start in that role to, in order to keep getting minutes. And so I love Ramon's game, um, and I, I wish him nothing but the best. But I hopefully he does come back in Houston, and I think he can help Houston, especially if – I don't know who's going to be the backup point guard if Jamal comes back. Will it be Tremont or will it be um, – I can't remember his kid's first name. Wilson? Wilson? Oh, oh, what, oh. Malik Wilson or or transfer, but let's just generally say if they don't bring another guard, Jamal goes out, Tremont goes to um, that ball handle role. I think there's room for Ramon on this team and to have an impact, but we shall see. What about you? What's your thoughts? No, that's we we that's the player that comes to mind definitely when it comes to potentially could 
could transfer out. And again, this is just us throwing it. It's not with, with any like, oh, this is going to happen. This is just going off the riff and, and speaking. Uh, but I think exactly. And I think what you mentioned, he, he kind of became that identity player his freshman season because he was the player that was going to go in there. And even if he didn't score a single point, you know, he was going to fight for rebounds. And like you said, he was going to draw charges at least once a game and, and probably multiple times. I think Malik Wilson, he's an interesting player because he redshirted. He transferred last season, didn't play a single minute this year. So we don't necessarily know what kind of he brings to the table. That's going to be yeah. interesting in and of itself to see what that kind of guard lineup is. You know, Terrence is going to be there. Uh, Emmanuel Sharp is going to be there. Jamal Shedd will be there. Tremont Mark will be there. Ramon Walker will be there. Malik Wilson will be there. Cordell Jefferson, who's going to be a new freshman coming in. I mean, He'll tech, he's coming in as a guard. He's listed as a guard. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of position he plays with Houston. And heck, if they end up bringing someone from the transfer portal, I think I I don't think it just keep Cordell Jefferson out because he's coming in as a freshman. But if you look at it, Shed, Mark, uh, Sharp, Arsenal, Walker, and Wilson. That's six guards right there. And if if I'm being honest, I find it hard to believe all six will still be on the team come June first for Houston. Just that's just my opinion because there's so this so much and again players want to play. Exactly. There's so many bodies, not as many minutes for everyone. And again, that that's something that Houston kinda missed when Jamal Shed would grow out. That true playmaker now from on mark mm-hmm. like you hit it before he did grow in that area he's shown that he's able to play make especially off pick and roll situations but maybe have a, a bona fide play uh, pass first player could be interesting to see if houston what they go out to add in the transfer portal but that's going to be something to keep an eye on and again that's a good problem to have when you have so much depth at specific positions it is, and I think just transitioning from the guards to the post, because Houston bringing in um, primarily post players. Outside of Cordell Jefferson, they're bringing in post players because you last two years, they're losing. Um, first last year, you lost Josh Carter, Fabian Wall, um, Fabian. Now you're going to lose Jarris and Reggie. And so you're going to be young in the front court. Javier Francis is still going to be there. Jay Wan, of course, is coming back. And then you had Cedric, um, is his last name Lathe? Is that how you Cedric, pronounce it? It's, it's pronounced a lot, like a lot, but it's lot, spelled lot. A-T-H. Okay, lot. Man, I've seen him at first for the first time. He's a big body, big body mm-hmm. kid. So I'm mean, I mean, excited to see his game and how he's developed. Then you got Jojo Tugler coming in. And what's the other freshman that we signed at center? It's Jojo Tugler, and then it's Jacob McFarlane, McFarlane, McFarlane from, yeah. Mar- from Rancho Verde in California. Yeah, and so you get you bringing in a ton of post players who have a lot of size, and so the front court is something I'm going to keep my eye on going into next year and see will he bring in anyone with more experience, primarily in the post. Because you, you mentioned the guards, and the guards are will be young outside of Tremont and Jamal, and they have experience. Will be young and Wilson as well. He won't be young. He he's had played two different colleges and has college basketball experience. And so uh, I want to see what's the what's the um, the way that Coach Sampson um, approaches his post and how they will look to play. And I, I think JVA just starting with well, let's start with J one. Let's start with J one. He's the most experienced post player. What do you foresee his role being next year? And what do you think about the season that he has? And 
worried he can develop into going into his last year. I think with Jawan, I think you'll see him kind of move more. I guess technically, it was so strange starting Jarris and Jawan because technically, I guess Jarris was the one that was playing center, but really they didn't have a true center on the floor at all times. I think, again, with the influx of, of big men that are going to be coming in next year, Javier Francis, who's going to have a year under his belt, he potentially could slide in to that role and, or again, potentially bringing someone in from the transfer portal. I think Jawan solidifies himself as being that four, starting four for Houston. And there's going to be some bigger body next to him playing five, whether that's Javier Francis or that's another player, whether it's a freshman or someone that they potentially had from the transfer portal. I think that'll be interesting. But I think that also allows Jawan Roberts to have a much more comfort level might not be the right word. But again, he has a year of experience being a starter. He's going to be much more well-rounded and I think he'll certainly be much more consistent. I think if if you're looking at something from improvement from Jawan's point of view, it to be able to have consistent, whether it be a go-to pulse move that night in and night out, they can kind of have that option because, again, that's something that hurt him. Miami, they tried to go to Javier Francis in the post. They tried to go to Jawan in the post, and they just weren't able to hurt them. There weren't a go-to post option, and then it, it really hurt them once Miami caught fire because it wasn't really a countermeasure. Houston kind of tried to match them three-point shot for three-point shot, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, and um, one word that stood out to me and what I was thinking about was consistency with Jawan. He's consistent on the defensive end and with rebounding, but he has to become more consistent on the offensive end. And I will say I'm sure, and I heard him speak about it after the game, that he was unhappy with his game against Miami. He was, and rightfully so. I think he definitely could play better and should have played better. But in addition to that, I think he has to get a little bit more stronger. Because you look at how how strong Miami's post player was, then I'm thinking about last year to Villanova, the post player that they had. They were both really strong, girthy guys, in which J1 has the quickness ability on them to out jump them or get to rebounds quicker. But I think, like you just said, I think he has become uh, more consistent offensively and have a go to post move. He's a left hand player and he looks to get over his right hand shoulder to his left hand. And he does a great job of going getting to his left hand, and he's one of those post players who, who can turn right, put his shoulder until you create space to get to his left hand. So he's kind of unorthodox post player. And so I really like that. But throughout practice, you always see him practicing his jump shot, but in a game he never shoots it. So I'm looking forward to him next year. Will he take that next step and start shooting his mid-range, maybe start shooting some corner threes, but his leadership – his culture-ness, um, that's not a word, but I'm creating his culture-ness in regards to Houston. I think it, you, you, you can't put into words what it means. He already talked about after the Miami game how Houston's going to have a lot of young players in the post, and he's looking forward to mentoring them and helping them grow. And so um, I just think just for his game, speaking in general, his game, he just has to become more consistent offensive player because he's going to be dependent on this year, next year, to be um, produced offensively. That's a great point about the the jump shooting that he always does. I mean, he did it consistently after every practice this year. He was working with Kellen Sampson and Charles Walker, and they would just take turns shooting from mid-range to outside shot spots as well. So that's certainly going to be an area 
to keep an eye on in terms of Jawan Roberts' development. And absolutely, I agree 100% when it comes to that leadership standpoint. It's going to be, you know, he, he was in the same room with all those years with Fabian White. He was with Josh Carlton a season ago. Now it's his turn to kind of be that lone senior, that lone veteran in there as well. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on from that leadership standpoint. And then on the topic of Javier Francis, I It'll be interesting to see him and, and how he develops now. He showed the, the what he did show flashes of is that he's a rebounding monster and he could be a a potential defensive lockdown. Uh, if that's that's probably not the right phrase to say it, but he has he has the capability, he has the assets to be able to be a, a really, really good defender in the paint. Now, when it comes to offense, I think that's going to be interesting to see how he develops because in the in the minutes that he did play this season, it did seem like they were very limited when it came to, to any offensive go-to moves. 100%. I think, like I mentioned with Jay Juan, he's another player who has to get stronger. I think his lift and his activity on the defensive end, I think we'll see that take a next step. And I think it'll make Houston an even more better defensive team. Because you see, you saw what Jarrett showed late in the season as far as shot blocking, and Jay Juan even showed his ability to block shots. I think Houston probably will be in the top nation in block shots when Javier plays a full um, amount of minutes. But offensively is where I want to see his growth. Um, he's shown throughout games to where he he can he has great hands. He can catch any pass. He can finish left hand, right hand, jump hooks. But now we're just now it's just about seeing him play for a, a full stretch of minutes because last year he he wasn't really allowed to play through mistakes. He made a couple mistakes in a row. He's come on right out because of you had um, players who were in front of him, and so. Next year, I just want to see him, his game on a full starter's minutes. I want to see him, how he produce on a full starter minutes because I can't really give an analysis on his offensive game. I can show, I mean, I could give my opinion on what he showed in flashes, but it, it, it really wasn't a lot of um, minutes for him to really, really display what he could do. He did show flashes of being able to be a really, really good player and have a huge upside. Now it's just about getting that experience and being able to do what he can do for a full 40 minutes. Right. Most definitely, at, at the very least, have a consistent set role where he knows game in and game out, I'm going to get, you know, this certain amount of minutes. Could be interesting to see kind of that, that next development process for him. Now, We've kind of touched on everything. Looking ahead, it'll be interesting to see what the new crop of freshmen bring to the table. I think the one that certainly stands out above all else, and it's because he's already been on the roster and day on, you alluded to, you saw him in person for the first time this past Friday in Kansas City, and he's built. He's not only is he tall, but he is built. He, he he's It's crazy to think that he's only 18 years old that you wouldn't be able to tell just by looking at him from a distance. But I think Cedric Lott is going to be a very, very interesting, maybe wild card because he'll be a freshman, but he does have those extra months under his belt. And we saw what Emmanuel Sharp was able to do for Houston, even though he was a freshman. But Certainly those six extra months in the Houston system helped them to be prepared come June and into the season. One of the things that we haven't really even considered or taken into factor this summer, Houston will have the luxury of being able to go on an overseas trip. So that could be something that helps them out as well. 
Yeah, it, def it definitely could, because I think the last time I did it was Marcus' freshman year when Quentin had just joined the program. And so yep. um, not only do, do, will it help them in bonding, uh, but their, uh, the competition that they'll play over there, I think it definitely helped them. But, yeah, um, Cedric, man, we, we regard – like I, we talked about Miami's post player and then Villanova's post player. He has that type of size, that type of strength, that type of girth. And so, like you said, and I think I heard Coach Sampson even refer to him. And he started playing basketball late. He said he was in a high recruit. He saw him playing, and, uh, and I'm quoting – not uh, I'm phrasing Cole Sampson, not word for word, and that he saw Cedric play, and um, he just stood out to him how hard he played. He was played the hardest in the game that Cole Sampson watched. His body, his size, and I, I, I just want to see him. He had I haven't seen Houston have this size of a player since they had um, was a Breon Brady. He has Breon Brady's size, but he's taller. And but he has he's taller, and so mm -hmm. um, I, I can't wait to see how he develops for sure. Definitely, but that's gonna pretty much wrap up this past 2022 23 season of the Houston Cougars. Obviously, we'll keep you covered as news progresses um, when it comes to Walker, Sesser, and anything else relating to the men's basketball team, but to really put a final bow on it. 2022-23, a season that had a lot of really, I don't know if you want to say expectation, but it certainly had a lot of storyline component to it just because of the Final Four and where it was in Houston. We saw after the game the official Twitter account, the official social media accounts, something that Kelvin Sampson wrote on the board, on the whiteboard in Kansas City, 33-4. and four. That's their overall record that they had. They accomplished, like I said at the top, they accomplished winning the American Athletic Conference regular season title one more time as they head to the Big 12. What's kind of the what's kind of the biggest thing you'll remember about this team? And that that could be a bit of a loaded question. Mm, wow, that's a great question. I haven't thought about. I think the biggest thing that I remember about this team is they're resilient. I think this was a really, really resilient team, and. and um, really, Coach Sampson is a resilient program, and they've been resilient, especially over the last two years. But just sticking with this team, I think their resilience and their togetherness. Um, I mean, that's an understatement because they always seem together, but it seemed from afar that this team really, really liked each other. They really, really um, just jailed well. And so um, I don't think they underachieved. And I, I think they all pushed each other to become better. And Coach Sampson always referencing being a player-led team. But you, you would see oftentimes where, um, whether it's Jamal, whether it's Reggie, whether it's Marcus, or whoever the player, they would be encouraging each other in different moments, whether it be a bad moment or a good moment, to, hey, I trust in you, keep going. And so that's one of the things that I remember about this team. What about you? That togetherness is exactly what I was thinking. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll change the word. I'll say family atmosphere. And the reason why I was going to say that is because after the game in the locker room, and Dan, you were there too, so you got to see the really the emotion that was on the faces of the players still. And that had been at least 20 minutes after the game when they – finally let reporters in and you could still I mean you could just tell in the way that the players certainly when they weren't being interviewed they just kind of seemed to be in awe really that, that the season had come to an end and that's the thing you heard Jarvis Walker say it you know they got so close so quickly 
uh, Reggie Cheney said that the message that both he and, and Sasser kind of reiterated to the team was that, you know, it, it, the biggest message was that they, they, they all love each other. And whatever happens from here on out, a lot of the players are going to go uh, a lot of their own ways. But Reggie in particular said, you can always reach out to me and he'll be there for the team. So that's certainly a, a key word. And, and again, going back to that family type of atmosphere that they created, it's something that a lot of teams under Calvin Sampson, that's a big word that the players will, will use. But I think in this, with this iteration in particular, you could see it much more definitely, even just from an outside perspective. And I think the other thing, again, you kind of, even though the, the expectation was, oh, the Final Four is in Houston, they played with those expectations from the beginning. You know, they were yeah. top five in the Associated Press and whatever polls you want to put all year long. And even when they lost to Alabama, when they lost to Temple, and even that loss to, to Memphis in the championship game, they always seemed to be able to kind of quickly put that behind them and just continue to live up those to those expectations, which is not something that's easy to do, especially in, I mean, look at what happened in North Carolina. You know, they were number one preseason and they didn't even make the NCAA tournament. So having those expectations, it's not every team that can not only live with those expectations, but continue to play at that high level, which is something that, that really it's going to stand out about this team. And I agree with every word you said. And another quote that I want to mention that Jay Wan said, he was in reference to Jerry. He was like, man, that's my brother. And I, of course, I wish him nothing but the best, but I can't wait to even spend even more time with him in the future. And so it just, just like that, I mean, that's a great example of their relationship, the bond that they built. Jerry's even had more reporters asked him about moments that, that he missed or that he would cherish. I'm with the team, and I think um, he was referencing J1. I think they may have had a flat or had some type of trouble, and they walked at night just on campus or somewhere in Houston. I think he was saying they were on campus. So just those, those little moments that we don't even know about that players will hold on to and um, build that bond going forward. Yeah, definitely. They asked him a story about Marcus Sasser, and he, he said that one day the car broke down and they had to walk oh, across okay. campus. So it was, it was, yeah, it was definitely, um, again, just uh, how close they were able to get. <laughs>